Holy Gospel according to Mark. One of the scribes came near and heard Jesus and the Sadducees disputing with one another. And seeing that Jesus answered them well, he asked him, which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and besides him there is no other. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared ask him any questions. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, o Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. A t-shirt I ran across. Ten reasons for being an Episcopalian. A few of my favorites. You can believe in dinosaurs. Pew aerobics. I guess that means bowing and kneeling and crossing yourself. Church year is color-coded. Free wine on Sunday. All of the pageantry and none of the guilt. And then this one I love. You don't need to check your brain at the door. We're we are ecumenical, though, and I think we could say those same things about being a Holy Trinity kind of Lutheran. Today is a big day for Lutherans, and it falls on a Sunday. So that means we put on the red and we sing a mighty fortress of all the days in the church year, Reformation is the churchiest. I don't have to tell you that though God and spirituality are still very popular these days, church? Church is another thing altogether. More and more folks claim to have no affiliation. The pandemic didn't help. Many of us got out of habit of going to church, and now you don't even have to literally go. You can watch online. All of this is bringing soul-searching and even worry to bishops and pastors and deacons and religious leaders. What is the purpose of the church? Is it still relevant? Have we caved into culture? Or at the other extreme, is there anything unique about the church that's different from a social organization or a service organization? Are there folks who find more meaning in yoga groups or 12-step groups or political action groups? And do some folks still equate Christianity with conservative politics or anti-science assumptions? Do they think you need to 
check your brain at the door. Then there are, the, then there are all the questions. Martin Luther, plagued by his own unworthiness, how he could find a gracious, forgiving, loving God. All at a time when the church made salvation transactional. One writer, though, said that every 500 years or so, and that's about now, the church cleans out its attic and has a huge rummage sale, a time for new ideas, a time for transformation, a time for reformation. But let's be honest, this is hard because everything's changing in our lives. We're not certain where all of this is going. In today's gospel, Jesus quotes the Jewish Shema about loving God with heart, soul, and strength, a teaching central to both Christians and Jews. But Jesus adds, loving God with our minds. We could say that Jesus sparked a reform movement in Judaism and that Luther sparked reform in medieval Christianity. So how do we use our minds, our brains, to integrate modern knowledge with ancient tradition? Are we addressing, are we struggling with the issues before us today? Climate change, racial reckoning, growing hate between groups in this country, not to mention the sense of anxiety and fatigue that weighs us down. It has been 20 years since September 11th. Much of the last 500 years, we have been haunted by divisions within Christianity. Perhaps now the question is how we encounter one another across differences between religions. Remember that as we think about what happened on 911. There's plenty of love talk in our gospel. Love God, love your neighbor, neighbor. But love is usually for us more of an emotion, less commitment based. The problem is we seem to be wired to need an enemy to hate, or at least define ourselves against. At first, it was immigrants, then Germans in World War II, then communists. And now, as many notice, when there's not an outside enemy, we turn against each other. We try to find a new enemy to scapegoat. Or as James Allison writes, and this is so thought-provoking to me, give people a common enemy and you will give them a common identity. Deprive them of an enemy and you will deprive them of the crutch by which they know who they are. Our Wednesday study group here is reading and discussing a book called Jesus and John Wayne, a history of white evangelicals in this country and how that movement became connected to white nationalism. Now for me, and probably most of us, it's easy to talk about loving and welcoming everyone, but quite another thing 
when it comes up against all the feelings that we have for the issues and the people on the other side of the political, religious, social spectrum. Too many things are at stake. I carry baggage from the past decades. Maybe you do too. One writer who grew up evangelical names that what he struggles with most about Christianity is what often comes across as Christian supremacy, a kind of Christianity that not only has all the answers, but sees other religions as misguided or wrong or even evil. In discussing war and the response to 911, a comment by this writer stopped me in my tracks. Think about this. He said that people don't kill because they hate another nation or another religion or another group. It's more that they love their own people. They love their own nation and they feel they have been wronged. Their religion, their country is threatened. Out of love, they're trying to protect what they love. In this case, Christianity and America but what they learn by dehumanizing the other is hate. But does this have to be? In the years following September 11th, a mother was at the grocery store with her four-year-old daughter, Emma. Emma was intrigued when she saw a woman wearing a hijab. She had never seen anyone dressed like that before. Emma asked her mother, Mommy, why does that woman have her head covered like that? The mother paused and thought and then answered, Emma, you know how we eat the bread and drink the wine to show our love for God? That woman over there is a Muslim. That's how she shows her love for God. Months later, the mother and daughter were at the mall, and they noticed this time a group of women with hijabs. Emma blurted out, Look, Mommy, they love God! The Muslim women didn't exactly know what to make of that comment. But don't we hope that all of us could look at the world and all the diverse people within it with such open-hearted love? Love for neighbor, neighbors of different faiths and races and ethnicities, political persuasions, gender and sexual identities. Such a vision could spark a new reformation. That is why I believe that church matters that religion matters. Where else do we hear this message? Living into such a grace-filled vision of the world is the mission of this community amid the anxieties and perplexities of this, these days. Such a vision propels us into a future with hope. A future with hope. It's on your bulletin cover. It's the theme of our 2022 generosity appeal for the next three weeks. Though we are bombarded with messages of fear and hate and division, join me. 
join me in sharing and financially supporting a more hopeful message, a love that transforms the world, a grace that sets us free, a gospel that heals our wounds and mends the fractures around us. Now, none of this is easy. Don't check your brain at the door. Embrace the questions. Pray for an open mind. Pray for an open heart. Seek to love God and seek to love neighbor. Are we on the verge of another reformation? As a church, let's not miss the opportunity. The world is waiting. Amen.